Golden State Warriors basketball. This is the Mark Jackson Show. I don't go with what the norm is. My goal from day one is to not be an average coach. Pull up three. Good. Now here's Mr. T on the Sports Weekly. It is time for the Mark Jackson Show, presented by Stanford Hospital and Clinics, the official team physicians of the Golden State Warriors. To learn more, visit StanfordHospital.org. Also brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. For a local dealer, visit Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Courtesy of the Ring Central guest line, it is now the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Jackson. Jack, what's going on, man? All is well. Thanks again for having me. It uh, it had to come to an end sometime. I I was carrying you on Wednesday Wednesdays for pretty much the first half of the season, and I I, I want to apologize, but I can't. I mean, I knew this was going to come to an end, and it just happened to be against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies last night. I just wish you would have done it before the game, so I would have a better understanding. Just tell me. <laughs> Just tell me. I'm flexible. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about Tom, though. There is an I in taking credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that. Hey, I mean, just, uh, you know, no excuses, but a tough matchup for you guys last night. You try to have Landry and David Lee on the court at the end of the game. You need a little bit of scoring, and that's where I really thought they did their most damage on the offensive glass. Uh, I thought you guys did a pretty good job for the first three quarters in nullifying that advantage. They are the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA, but I thought you kind of got caught in a little bit of a quandary in the second half. Do I, you know, go with Azili and not get much offense and maybe help with the glass? And you, you, you use that lineup that had been very good for you, but it's tough to ask one of those guys to guard Zach Randolph and Marcus all. Well, it is, it is tough. Um, that being said, I thought we put our best, you know, streak together. We put a run together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a two point ball game. It's a tie ball game. Uh, with those guys on the floor, they earned the right to close it. Um, that being said, uh, Zach Randolph and, and Marcus Soul do that to everybody, whether it's, you know, two bigs or uh, a power forward in the center, doesn't matter. I thought, you know, with Carl and David, they gave us a good chance on the offensive end. Um, you think about it, you know, Fessers gets a duck in, yeah, a ball game, misses it. You know, he's young and on the offensive end is not, his strong point right now, so it's a give and take. Uh, but I thought overall I was very happy with the way my guys battled, the way we fought back into the ball game, and that's a very good Memphis Grizzlies team, a, a veteran team uh, that's well coached, and um, you know, we're going to have to deal with them down the road, and we look forward to it. But I think playing them certainly makes us better. You know what I liked about the, what Azili did, and I know you said at the end of the game that maybe you would have liked to have seen him instead of duck in, go sort of pick for somebody and get them open, but. I like the confidence. I mean, he put himself in a position, and he knows as well as anybody that the game's moving a little fast for him right now on the offensive end, and maybe there could have been better options on that possession. But I do like the confidence putting himself in that position to make himself available. And then when he caught it, I mean, he caught it and went right up with it. I mean, he had a belief that he could get that ball and go up and, and score the little jump hook. It didn't work out, but I, I, I did like the confidence that he at least showed it himself. Well, I agree, and I'm I'm never going to be a coach that's going to tell him, don't take that shot. And I'm not, you know, I like the confidence that he had and in, in flashing in the post, but I also like the confidence that Clay Thompson had in him. 
if you got open man, give him the basketball. So uh, unselfish play. Um, certainly would have liked to see him, like you said, come out and set a pick. Mm-hmm. But if he makes it, great shot. If he doesn't, then you sit there and say, well, you should have set a screen. Uh, that didn't win and lose the ball yeah. game. At the end of the day, uh, I was very happy with the way my young guys played. And we got as a basketball team. And, you know, we, we lost back-to-back games. But to two very good basketball teams and two teams is going to be in the playoffs and going to be in the hunt when it matters most. So it, I think it's going to make us better, especially last night. You sound like you're fighting off a cold. No, no, no. This is, you know, when it's an old veteran trick when you you come off a loss, make it sound like it's, you know, it's a struggle <laughs> to answer questions. <laughs> um, when, as you look at these two games in a row that you've lost, is there anything about them that creates concern in you, or are they just simply separate entities in a long season? Well, they're separate entities in a long season. Uh, you know, Los Angeles Clippers, very good basketball team, one of the best, if not the best in the business right now, the way they're playing. They're extremely tough to beat at home. They got it going. We didn't take care of the basketball. <clears throat> they got it, uh, some, some, some high quality possessions on the offensive end early. They established a rhythm and we didn't play well. I think the Grizzlies are a totally different basketball game and team. Uh, beat us in our building, and it was a tough game, uh, disappointing, but I think they're two totally different games. Are there turnovers in your mind that are easy to, easier to accept, or is a turnover a turnover? No, there's some that's easier to ex- to accept. Um, you know, to me, you got a chance to tie the ball game. We go back-to-back turnovers. Yeah. Um, that can't be accepted, uh, not just as a coach, but as a player. Uh, you gotta, you got to own it. And you got to get better. And and what people don't realize is, you know, that same Memphis Grizzlies team that look experienced, um, that's under control, that gets quality possessions. Uh, those guys have been together for four years, so they don't get rattled and they make plays. And they've been through what we're going through right now. Uh, and what we're asking guys to do is speed up the process so that, you know, come playoff time, we're prepared and we don't make those mistakes. But uh, we're a team that's learning how to win, and we're putting it together. Is that another step for this team, <laughs> playing a game against a good team where you don't play your best and you just you, you find a way to, to win a basketball game that at the end you thought you weren't going to win? Another step that this team needs to maybe learn how to do? I think we've done it. And I, I think, you know, even last night, you know, we had no business in that game, especially after the first half. Mm-hmm. We had a tough time, you know, making shots. They got it going. Uh, we were turning the ball over. They were hurting us on the block and also off of our offensive rebounding. Uh, at the end of the day, we climbed back into the game, and we put ourselves in position to win the ball game. So um, I think that's the next step, step, a consistent step. But I mm-hmm. think ultimately we've made that step before during the course of this season. Did you get a sense uh, either against the Clippers or last night against Memphis that – your guys are learning more about how to play good teams as opposed to more beatable ones. Are, are you getting a sense that they're starting to see how you attack teams that are difficult to play against? Well, I think especially with all due respect uh, to the Clippers, I think especially with Memphis Grizzlies, the reason why is because, you know, the Clippers are a fast-breaking, you know, um, uh, Chris Paul, pick and roll, 
they make you pay the price turnover. They're just a different basketball team, more athleticism and, you know, scorers as opposed to what Memphis does. Memphis beats you sort of like that old YMCA uh, team that have no business on the court, but they continue to win because they pick you apart. You don't like playing against them. I think the more you play against a team like that, the better you become because you understand that it doesn't take having, you know, great, great players to win ball games. Uh, you can do it by being effective and efficient down the stretch. After the Clipper game, they asked you about the fun that Clippers were having at the end of the game, and you said, look, they won the game. They do whatever they want. That's their team. I don't coach their team. But when I was uh, watching and I saw you staring at the bench, that was that was old New York school ground. Jack came in and coming out there, wasn't it? You flat. You had like you had player flashbacks there for a minute. You snapped back into coach mode after the game. But during the game, I saw a little old Jack school uh, schoolyard Jack out there going, "All right, all right, let's go ahead and file that away. Have your fun." I oh. think I think you gotta gotta send a message um, to the opposing team, but also to a young basketball team that's trying to learn, you know, what it takes to to have that edge and to compete, and certain things got to sting. Now, we jumped around, you know, my guys jumped around here mm-hmm. at Oracle when we beat them, and we had a good time, so I have no problem with that. There's a way to do it. They started walking towards half court, um, so I just was just having fun. I certainly stared them down, and I wouldn't <laughs> trade it in for anything. But I was sending a message, but I was also was sending a message to my guys, which was more important. We're going to see them, and, and we look forward to it. That's a good team, and they had their day, but uh, we're not going anywhere. When you checked the tapes later, were you happy with your stare down? Was it everything you wanted it to be? I fast-forwarded past my stare down because, you know, it was so intense that it, 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 I knew it would have scared me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Jackson. Hey, do you ever get the feeling when you were playing or when you're coaching? And I know when you're playing and coaching, you're, you're in the moment. But sometimes when I was watching that game last night, Jack, it was just you got the feeling it wasn't your night. He David Lee was a little bit off. There were some turnovers that were unforced. I mean, you don't see David Lee go two for six from the free throw line very often. You get back in the game, but you can never get the lead. You have a chance. You turn the ball over. You have a chance. Maybe you miss a wide-open three. Do you ever get the feeling during games that this isn't our night? And not that we can't win, but more of, God, we just we can't seem to get over that hump or something seems to get in our way. Does that enter your mind as a coach? Are you so focused on what's going on possession to possession they don't really think about the cumulative effect of the game? You know, you always believe that you got a chance, and I only speak from being a former player to now a coach. You're in ball games, and you certainly don't lie to yourself. You say, we're a step slow, mm-hmm. or they're a step faster, or they're getting every 50-50 basketball, or we're not knocking down shots, and you always sell to the team and to the group. Let's just put a run together. Let's get a stop and, 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 you know, make that two stops and turn that into three stops and let's get quality possessions. So you always tell yourself that you got a chance. And in the first half, we thought <clears throat> things weren't going well. We weren't playing our best brand of basketball, but we felt if we put it together, we'd make a run and have a legitimate chance. And we certainly did that down the stretch at the end of the day. We turned it over. They made plays and it hurt us, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I have not gotten a feeling. Like um, uh, we don't have a chance to win, or, or or the game is out of our hands. I think I've, you know, this group proven that they will fight and compete 
and do things that, you know, people don't believe that they can do. Yeah, we, uh, I, I got to think, and once again, I know you're not a big moral victory guy and you're, you're beyond that, but you have to be happy with the way this team came out and played defense in the second half and allowed you guys to get back in the game. Because offensively, you guys may have even been a little better in the first half. You hit some threes in the second half, but I thought it was just the defensive effort. A couple of years ago, this team gets blown out by 20 in a game like that because they can't hold the team to three or four field goals, whatever it was, in the third quarter. Do you look at that and say, if we just if that's the effort right there, that's the consistent effort on the defensive end I'm looking for, and when we get that, that's going to give us a chance to win ball games, and then when we do play well offensively, that's going to give us a chance to win some ball games comfortably. Well, you certainly look at it that way uh, because that's a very good basketball team, uh, the best front court in the business, three guys that are you know big-time post-up players, big-time skilled players, and all three have the ability to make you know perimeter shots. And I think at the end of the second half, we did a very good job of defending them, of taking them out of their stuff, you know, you figure they shoot, they score 39 points in the second half. <laughs> That's not the norm against a team like that. Uh, but we were very satisfied with what we did. And I think in the middle of little battles, little games where you, you, you get beat by teams that are ahead of you, that are amongst the, you know, the best in the business, you find out, hey, we can really do this. We can really beat this team. We can play against them. We put together 48 minutes. Now, you're not going to put together 30 minutes of basketball and beat them. you got to put together 48 minutes of basketball because they're so smart and so efficient with what they do. And I think um, you look at it and say, we're going to be ready down the road. And it's, it's those type of situations that we got to go through to get to where we want to get to. How much do you think this stretch, this tough stretch, will tell you about your team or 30 games into the season do you already know about your team? I know, I know what my team is. I know exactly who they are. Um, so I don't think this stretch will tell us anything. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a tough stretch. We're playing some very good teams. We're playing some very good teams in our building and also in their building. Um, but we know who we are. Well, we're a very good basketball team, enjoying a, a very good season, and we're continuing to get better. We're not satisfied, but we know exactly who we are. I didn't get a good look at it uh, on replay, but was that a was that an offensive goaltending in the fourth quarter, or was that just one of those calls that just pretty close one way or the other? No, it was clearly an offensive okay. goaltending. And you know, I didn't. I'm not going to jump up and down and throw my jacket and cuss the referees out. I'm just going to simply let them know they missed the call. Just like you know, I make mistakes. My players make mistakes, and. That was a missed call, and that's all right. But own it and move forward. But clearly it was an offensive rebound, offensive goaltender. Do they say, uh, I've said this story many times, but I always appreciated Dick Bavetta because if you asked him uh, without screaming at him, Dick, I think you missed that, he would say, you know, maybe I did miss that. Or, you know what, I'll take a look at that at halftime and see if I missed it. And if he missed it, he'd come back out in the third quarter and say, you're right, Tom, I missed that. You know, I apologize. That's really all you can ask for, unless he does that like 10 times and you're like, you know, you need to go to the D League. This 10 times ain't helped me out because I'm sitting on the bench. I did that anyway without the referee's help. But do will they do that on Salvador or Adams? I mean, some of the veteran refs, if you, if you question them in a, a, in a manner that doesn't embarrass them, will you get these guys that say, you know what, maybe I did miss that one? Yeah, they will do that. In a situation like that, it was in the fourth quarter, so it was no time for them to, yeah. to see it. None of them saw it, which was surprising. Um, but, you know, during one of the foul shots, uh, whatever the dead dead action they were showing the replay, I said, look, I was standing next to one of them. I said, I'm going to look up. 
And there's certain coaches, I'm sure that'll, you know, yeah. they see things the way they want to see them, and they're gonna they're gonna tell you this. I think I have a body of work where these guys know that I'm I'm gonna let them know. And I looked at the replay, and it was clear. I let them know they missed it, and they own it, and we move forward. You know, they're gonna make mistakes. Did you tell them you owe me one? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it all balances out. Uh, you just you just continue to play the game, but. No, you don't get caught up in How that do you one. feel? Let me ask you how you feel about that as a player. I know we got to run here, but I've I've had conversations with a lot of guys about this, and they will say two wrongs do not make a right. And I always counter by saying yes, two negatives if you time times equal positive. So yes, two wrongs can make a right. They don't believe in in makeup calls. I'm one that does believe in makeup <laughs> calls. If you screwed me on one end of the court, I don't mind you giving me something back on the other end of the court. If you see that happening, is a as a player or as a coach, I mean, does it change your mind as a player? Do you want that as a coach? You don't miss one, just let it go and don't try to make it up. If it's an egregious call, do you owe the team something on their end, other end of the court, or does that make it even worse if you try to do that? No, I think it makes it worse. I think at the end of the day, you go into the ball game understanding that as a coach, you're going to make a mistake. Players are going to make mistakes. Referees are going to make a mistake. And, and, and you, what you don't want to do is, Try to get it back, or try to uh, turn it—you know—turn it into something else for somebody else. No, because then you're messing with the game. And I think at the end of the day, just be true to who you are and try to get as many calls right or as many—you know—plays uh, right as possible in whatever capacity you're, you're, you're working in. Yeah, I'm, actually, a, I'm all about even in the scales. Actually, five wrongs <laughs> make a right. I looked it up. <laughs> I want the scales even, baby. You got me on one end. You owe me one, Bennett. You owe it to me at some point, and now we're even. We're good to go. <laughs> I think I've heard you say that, too, during our Clipper days. Absolutely, and guess how many times it worked? Once. That Once? Was it. No, it actually did. It worked one time, and I can't remember who the official was. It could have been Alexander. I'm not sure. But I told him, Jack, that we were playing Cleveland, and he called me for an offensive foul on Larry Nance. I, I dribbled right and went up to take the shot, and Larry jumped, so I put my arm up. And he thought I extended it to move Nance out of the way. Ended up making the bucket, and he called, he called the uh, called the offensive foul on me. And I told him, I don't. Maybe it wasn't Bruce, so I don't want to say it was Bruce. And uh, oh, go ahead. People ask him. No, because really, I don't remember. But I told him, I said that wasn't an offensive foul. I didn't, I didn't push off. And he said, Well, I'll tell you what, Tommy. I'll go look at that at halftime and let you know. So he came back out at halftime, came up to me in the layup lines. He goes, Tom, you were right. You didn't push off. I owe you one. Take it to the hole. So I took it to the hole. There, my, Cavalier probably wasn't within three feet of me. Beep and one. <laughs> Got the three-point play. Thank you very much. Scales balanced. Let's move on. Remind me to not rob a bank with you. <laughs> so Man. awesome. You're so awesome. God, you're 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 such an amoral brute. I just want the scales balanced. That's all I want. Hey, Jack. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week. Thank you, guys. All right, Jack. Take it easy. Yeah, true story. After, after Layup the... line. I owe you one. Take it to the hole.